Welcome, Seekers of Truth, coming to you from the edge of the known universe, better known as the Granite State, home of Betty and Barney Hill. Through the magic of electronic alchemy, a portal to another dimension has opened. You are about to make a metaphysical connection. This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is episode 70 of the Metaphysical Connection, Technocracy, our next form of government. Walsh Schnabel and I, Eric Render Kingfisk, discuss the rise of a form of government that will be run by technocrats and entrepreneurs who create new tools to make the population conform to their own standards. And then, of course, the supercomputers that will make the tough decisions. We discuss how the citizens of the Western world are freely submitting their information to the government via social media and how our data is being exploited via the PRISM program. But first, we talk to Jim Loretta and discuss some of the news from the past couple of weeks in the realm of the paranormal and the unexplained. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. In the realm of paranormal here, we got a whole bunch of uh, news items to share. Most importantly was... Are we recording? We are recording now. So serious here. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's not, let's stop joking around about cowboys and feed and, and uh, stuff like that. Charles Manson passed away last night, quietly in his sleep, I guess, in a hospital. Can I just ask you, ask a serious question here and see if I can get a serious answer? How come? How come they? How come he wasn't put to death for his, his horrible crimes, like starting? They, uh, they had abolished the death penalty. Right. They declared it unconstitutional right after he was tried. Exactly. Yep. He he skated. So he got life. He, skated, he got nine consecutive life terms. Skated right under, and and was rejected for parole twelve times. He actually had the the nerve to ask for parole. Exactly. Really? Well, they did parole OJ. So. You gotta yes. get. I mean, the okay. thing is, is like if you if if you have a if you have a t- if you have a swastika tattooed <laughs> between your eyes or on your forehead, pretty much that's it. You were unfit for society. Yeah. So. Well, among back other then, but today with all the tats walking around, he'd probably fit right in. Uh, I I don't know. There are some tattoos. There are some symbols you should never get tattooed on on your body. Okay. Well, he actually. <laughs> Carved that. Yeah, I don't think yeah, that's a tattoo. I think he carved that. No, he carved it in with a knife. Yeah, it was a low, low end marking. That's. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you about that. That's just like what the well, hell. You, you know the thing that never really came out about that whole thing. I think is that people sort of took it as, you know, he was a lunatic and he was taking advantage of the, you know, the culture of the time and. But I think there was a larger issue behind that of, and and now it's coming out with all these deviates that are getting exposed in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, that you know that there was a big and and probably still is a huge satanic cult in in the culture behind the culture of Hollywood. In Hollywood. Right. And and Manson was part of that. Manson was, uh, you know, the whole the whole thing with Sharon Tate. Yeah. The and, sacrifice. It's almost like right, a it satanic was, it ritual. Was a, it yeah. was a ritual sacrifice satanic yeah. sacrifice and the whole thing with um uh i lost in it was princess diana was supposedly sacrificed yes exactly yeah. too that's that's whole part of the whole thing um 
Sharon Tate's husband, the director. Um, I lost Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski. Well, he was obviously a pedophile. Yeah. You know, so yeah. so there was a lot of stuff tied into that. Yeah. That never really got revealed, I don't think. Um, I think it was kind of taken as, you know, this was just this crazy man that, um, you know, got these people to do these heinous things to other people. To, right. To start this race war, supposedly, which was I always thought was kind of crazy, but... I, I just think there was a lot more to it that never really got exposed. Um, Vincent Maglosi, who was the prosecutor um, in the Charles Manson case. Right, right. I, I read that book, the, the uh, book on the Manson family. Um, Charles Manson uh, had actually said on several different occasions that there was more to the story that he was never allowed to say in mm, the sure. court. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why he acted out. Mm -hmm. You know, if the establishment, he's sort of like if the establishment knew what was really going on and why he did what he did. Um, well, let me let me segue. They did the same thing to uh, Rudolf Hess at the Nuremberg trials. He he started to go off on a tangent and they shut him down. They wouldn't let him talk. Because he, he, he was going to get into things that they didn't want out there. Like the fact that Hitler was still alive? Well, like I don't that? know. But uh, you know, mind yeah, control, know and the, uh, the, occult, the occult side of hey, they didn't want to hear that. And uh, no. um, he was never allowed to talk. He was never allowed to be interviewed. Uh, they just shut him up. So What happened to him? Did they kill him? or the, he, There was some speculation that it really wasn't Hess. They interviewed an old... Uh, Spandau prison guard actually uh, by happenstance and he told the story that you know he was a guard at the prison and it was questionable whether the Hess in there was actually Hess because he didn't have the wounds from World War One, and that uh, Churchill was behind uh, he was a 33rd degree mason and he was part of the Illuminati and they, he, he had a hand in keeping Hess you know shut away from people um a number of things that went is, on there, but they, the he eventually died. But the uh, speculation is that they uh, they killed him. Did, know, isn't prison. he the guy that um, went over to England, Scotland? Like, he flew over to Scotland, like defected. Yeah. Now yeah. the story is that supposedly he did that on his own, but uh, in reality, supposedly he was he had already landed and was meeting with uh, some one of the royal family. Uh, and this this whole like backstory was created that he crashed, he was taken prisoner, yeah. he did it on his own. But really, it seems that uh, he was part of a um, outreach to the Brits because Hitler really didn't want to fight with them because he felt they were racially aligned. Right. Yeah. So I mean, but that's one story. There are others. So we'll never get to the bottom of it. No. Yeah. Here's another here's another story that I uh, sort of uncovered recently. Um, JFK Jr. Yes. Um, there's, there's, there's always been questions in my mind as to whether or not they he was taken out. I, I mean, I think, oh, he, I, I think I, he was. Knowing, knowing and, what I know now, I have no doubt that he and, was taken out. And this, out. this could be, this could be a whole show in itself. Sure. Was JFK sure. Jr. killed? But apparently, he had knowledge of the the cabal that took his father out. Yeah. And he was, he was, he was in the process of revealing that. Yeah. Um, now through his magazine, George. Right now, did you ever think about that? Why? Why did he name his magazine George? For a whole host of reasons, he well, actually said that is his, one of our favorite 
guys that we talk about. Every time you mention, um, every time you mention this George, that, I'm going to have to that, ring a cowbell. That, that seemed to be seemed to have no knowledge of where he was on the uh, on the day of JFK's assassination. How about Dealey Plaza? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. What was his first name? Uh, was it was it George? What is George's first name? I, I always wondered about the name of that Bush? magazine. <laughs> I always wondered why he named the magazine that, and and that's why he was he was using a fashion magazine to to it was sort of gradually it, it was, reveal it was politics and fashion. That's well, the thing. But it, on the surface, it, it seemed like it was just sort of a you know a magazine to. Like a glamour magazine, well, I'm, almost. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something. He was something. really using it as a cover to reveal, gradually reveal this this knowledge that he had. Yeah, and you know, it was looking like he was going to be heading to be. I mean, he was a, almost a shoe in to be president. I'm he, gonna, had, he had everything. I'm going to he say this, pieces. and people's heads are going to explode when I say this because people seem to think wait, that this couple cannot do any wrong. Go let, ahead. Wait, let me put my raincoat on. Put your raincoat on. A Gallagher. Hold on. Didn't it just come out that the older Bush, uh, uh, you know, this he got c- kind of caught up with the uh, sexual abuse scandal mm-hmm. that supposedly uh, <laughs> uh, he was accused of some things, but he's so old they're not going to go there. What, Did you hear that? Yeah, he, he would say, what, who's, your, who's your favorite magician? And the answer would be, David Copperfield. <laughs> 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 and in the process, he'd grab some grab some tush some, some young tush yeah but so. the thing is oh is, is that um for the he's getting away with it for the senatorial primary in new york state who was john f kennedy jr going to have to run against who i don't know i don't know hillary clinton oh no way way oh my gosh Jeez, if, oh, I didn't think, man, there's I didn't a lot of that. dead bodies around her. and and here's the thing yeah. if do who do you think would have won in a in a in a, in a senate senatorial primary race between Hillary Clinton and John F Kennedy Jr in the state of New York. Who, I'm not even no brainer. No brainer. Really? Yeah. yeah. You really think that he would have won? Absolutely. Yeah. He was a he was a he was an up and coming. Yeah, you know, he was the, the he was the I prince. I think you underestimate yeah. the Kennedy mystique. Yeah. He was the prince in um Camelot. You know, he he was yeah. He was he was waiting in the wings to become John president John. Yeah. and, and um, continue his his father knew although the Kennedys are an Illuminati family yeah his father was trying to bring all that shit down yeah and that's why obviously that, I mean we talked about it many times that's why he got killed but JFK Jr. knew all that knew what where his father was going yeah he was a smart guy he wasn't you know he wasn't just a, another pretty face he no. I mean, he, he was a, he was a pretty smart guy. He was. I don't think he was maybe on the same level as his father in terms of intelligence, but he had it all going on. You know, he had the looks, he had the charisma. You know, the, yeah, and you know, they've always tried to sell the story that oh, he you know he was a risk taker and you know he was he was daring to you know he he didn't really have the ability to fly at night using con, you know using control using instruments things, using instruments and that's it's all bullshit. They made that all up. Yeah. And I'd I'd really like to know what you know what actually happened to his plane. That or, well, or you know they take people out left and right. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. just part of their mo. That's how they operate. You I know, mean, I thought right way from back, I thought right people. from the beginning that there was something. There's there. I mean, <clears throat> something fishy about that. And if they don't kill them outright, they have 
ways of giving people cancer with a with a DNA base specific to the person, so it's almost undetectable. I mean, yeah. they do all kinds of crap. I think that's what you they know, did we don't to have Jack, a chance really. That's what they did to Jack, Jack Ruby. Ruby. They actually injected him with cancer cells in the in the the uh, in his pancreas. Nice. Allegedly, Is that must that must have hurt, huh? Yeah. Well, they didn't want him. Well. Now they can just put them on an on, a, on a, an envelope, and when you check your mail, you, you kind of absorb it. I mean, they have all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a friend that was friends with an old CIA guy that yeah. uh, has since passed, and he said, "You think we like knife and shoot people?" He says, "That's you know, that's only a that's minor all, part no. of it." No, old like, I can pick a bush. <clears throat> he pointed this. He told me the story. He says, "I can pick a bush out there." And of all those bushes, I can make that bush die, you know, and you'll never understand, you know, why. Because they have all kinds of agents and chemicals that they use now. They're very sophisticated. If you want to get to other news. Yeah, today. I do. Let's, yes. Let's get going. Okay. Um, I have a ton of stuff, so I'm going to just try to be concise. Um, <clears throat> the first thing I want to tell the readers about they might want to take a look at a book called 50 shades of grays uh yes his name is zizmansky is the author and he talks a lot about uh the tunnels under wright patterson air force base and the collusion with the gray aliens and you know uh pretty interesting stuff and um what validates this i think is uh Remember Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon? Yes. In an interview while he was alive, he said, he said there have been crashed craft and bodies recovered. We're not alone in the universe. We've been coming here for a long time. I happen to be privileged enough to be in, the, in, in on this and in on the fact that we've been visited on this planet. Then the UFO phenomenon is real. So, like, you know, he, I guess he, as he got older, he didn't have anything to lose. So Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, so that, that kind of – um, segues into a book I read recently and I would highly recommend I think Walt may have turned me on to it um, The Secret of the Dark Stars by Anton Parks it's translated from the French now uh, basically it's it's the it's our prehistory the history of the universe it's almost, almost reads like a Star Wars novel and uh, if uh, you remember the Terra Papers by Robert Morningsky supposedly uh, an alien was prote- that crashed was protected by the Native Americans in the Southwest. They kept him away from the military and uh, nursed him back to health. And while they had him, he told them the story of the universe. And it's you know it's basically that story kind of coincides with the secret of the dark stars. So you have two sources that are validating the same story. Um, one of the things. Uh, and the secret of the dark stars he talks about is the fact that, uh, you know, Iraq was like the, the place where the Anunnaki came down and did their genetic engineering. And he explains the pre-story of how they were involved with our planet, how they came down, where they came from. And he said the reason our military went into Iraq was not just for oil was mainly to control stargates. Supposedly, before there was a Persian Gulf, these stargates were on land. I think there are six of them submerged and three or four on land that our military now controls. And, you know, most people will think I have two heads for talking about this, but evidently they go through these stargates, they're wormholes to travel to other parts of the galaxy. So um, this uh, 
this book also talks about the fact that um, these alien races that went to war that drove the Anunnaki uh, to, to uh, escape to the earth, uh, they were able to move between dimensions and supposedly what I've read about uh, UFO technology is supposedly they're into, they can slip interdimensionally. So it kind of all uh, ties together. And um, I think it's very interesting. There was an article, uh, humansarefree.com, people might want to look at. There's an article post there from lectures given by Nikola Tesla in 1891 to 1893 to a group of engineers. And he was talking about electromagnetic field lift and how you create a saucer. He described it. Um, how you build it with uh, opposing sheets of metal and how um, it creates an electromagnetic field that you can use to um, uh, travel beyond the earth or across the earth. And interestingly, um, that phenomenon we've heard about in UFO, with UFO contact, contactees that there's, their stars, their, uh, their cars stop batteries go dead the, the, the lights won't work um, it seems that these this type of field uh, will cause that to happen so there's there's some validation there in terms of the crossover between these stories about visitations and and what Tesla talked about in his technology which I think is the reason the government went in in 1943 when he died and confiscated all his papers um, there's a, a story that links to this about a UFO crash during uh, the late 30s in Germany. Uh, supposedly, a, a UFO crashed near a field uh, belonging to Eva Brown's parents. Okay, believe it or not. No, I believe the it. The SS went there and they secured the site. Um, they captured. There were three dead aliens, but a couple of them that lived. They interrogated one. Uh, he lived about a month and a half and before he died, and. Um, they said that um, based on that, uh, supposedly von Braun, before we went to war with Germany, was actually seen in New Mexico uh, working on this alien technology, these UFO, this type of UFO technology. And it's, uh, it seems that possibly uh, this crash in the possession of the extraterrestrial uh, technology was what inspired Hitler to be overconfident uh, during World War II that he was going to come up with super weapons that would end the war. But the, it seems that the technology was so complex that uh, they were never able to, to um, you know, copy it um, to a full extent. Although they, the speculation that they did the the uh, what's that what's that device called the the Glocka the Glocka the bell, yeah, the yeah, bell. supposedly yeah. Uh, it was a time a, travel device. A, yeah. There was a Polish worker that came to the FBI in 57. He said it'd be in a POW uh, in, in a camp near Berlin. And then in 44, he witnessed uh, a, a UFO rising from the ground that the Germans had. He said it started with a high-pitched noise. Then the noise stopped. And then he, uh, he says the tractor he was running uh, stopped. And then it started up again once the, he saw the vehicle rise. And I think it, it, it probably was that site. Uh, what's that site where they found the cables and they found that concrete circle where they feel like they used to test uh, UFOs or the test the bell? 
I forget. It was some some town in in it's Poland. It's in Poland, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, the name Poland, of it. Poland, yeah. someplace. Anyway, for episode seventy, it'll be on our show notes. Okay, okay. So, um, supposedly, when they when they operated the bell, it operated on a uh, <clears throat> magnetic fields, and they used something called red mercury. And supposedly, they had a concave mirror suspended above it. And according to this uh, uh, one person, um, it's, it was in a book called Hitler Suppressed and Still Secret Weapons. They were able to look into the past when the bell was operating through this concave mirror. They could see images from the past during its operation. So it was uh, some type of time traveling involved here too. And the last thing I want to say, this all ties together, is that um, the, the – uh, program stranger things on uh, t- tv has gained some traction it has supposedly yeah. uh this is based on uh, uh true information from the uh, uh, mk ultra project and uh in an interview on tv which the audience kind of laughed it off because they thought it was just you know crazy claims and that he wasn't really being serious but um there was a U.S. Secretary of the Energy saying that um, we're investigating, you know, alt- alternative universes, parallel universes, and um, you know we're looking at what's called a multiverse, and you know we have technology that uh, <clears throat> that um, travels through space time, and you know he was laughed off, but. Basically, what they're saying is like they're hiding stuff out in plain sight now because people, you know, won't believe it. Well, so here's a question the, for you. The reason I, before you go, the reason sure. I want to, I interject, interjected that supposedly from the Secret of the Dark Stars and Robert Morningstar's story, um, the uh, the alien races are able to travel interdimensionally, and um, I think this all links together. You know, this, this show, Stranger Things, the the technology that's based on the stuff that's revealed and not revealed. I think if you look at all of it, it all ties together somehow. One of the things things I wanted to ask a lot of our listeners is that when you're driving down the highway and you see on the side of the road, there are these large nondescript buildings that are being built and there's no signage to them. You can't, it doesn't say what's, what's the name of the company? What, what do they do there? And there are these, is it like a telecom company? Is it a shoe company? And you have, you have no idea. And these buildings are springing up everywhere. And and who could it be? Could it be, could it be these facilities that are working on these strange progress um, projects? Could it be DARPA? Could it be what Walt? What do you think? And and it was. Have you noticed these? Have you noticed these buildings I, I, I springing think the up? Serious technology is underground. Yeah, I I think whatever those buildings are is not something that's um, going to yield too much of any kind of secret technology or anything like that. I think there may be warehouses say, I, or yeah. something. But yeah, I um, want to say one <clears throat> last thing. This is the last thing I want to connect to everything I just said. Is that according to all these sources, this is a very old story. Hundreds of thousands, probably millions of years, which uh, mainstream refuses to, to accept and believe. But when you find anomalies like a six million year old human footprint alongside of that of a dinosaur, it's kind of hard to dismiss. And uh, 
they did uh, find one on the island of Crete recently. And uh, in some of the books, like Magicians of the God by Hancock's success, he discusses the places like Gobekli Tempe, like that are older than we could ever realize, and possibly, you know, beyond hundreds of thousands, perhaps even millions. So, you know, I think <clears throat> the stories about aliens coming down and uh, making colonies on the planet and then genetically engineering the species that were here, I think it's, I think you really have to take a, a, a an open-minded look at that, really. I think it all fits together if you can connect the dots. Well, we, we've pretty much come to the conclusion that there have been numerous um, civilizations on Earth, um, either alien-based or, or not. Mm-hmm. Hard to say which, but or, may, or maybe some of both. Um, you know, we just have no knowledge of that, are, that have, were obliterated by natural disasters yeah. or or maybe by some kind of a war or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Atlantis being included in One of there. them, yeah. Um, and and that's just knowledge that I think is underground knowledge that somebody knows about. Yeah. That we're not given, we're not privy to that. And and the Smithsonian's been on a campaign for a long time to, to subvert a lot of that knowledge. Right. By... by um, that's true. Concealing yep. the, the, the giant skeletons that have been found pretty much all yep. over the world, but in, in large quantity in North America. And right. they actually took a whole load of giant skeleton bones and dumped them in the ocean or something. Something yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. Because yeah. It, so yeah. there's there's a campaign to, to subvert that knowledge. For, well on top of everything reason, on top of everything why. else, um, there's a there was there was a great series on I don't know if it's still on the History Channel um, um, Life Without People. What would Planet Earth look like if all the all the human beings just up and disappeared one day? How long would it take for the for the planet to recover? And it would take less than five thousand years to eradicate every evidence, any evidence that we ever exist, because everything would just return back to their basic elements. Well, along those lines, uh, I think I sent this to you guys. It's a very interesting. People might want to take a look at it. It was in the uh, Forbes magazine. It was an article on futurism, and supposedly uh, this man named Gordon Michael Scallion, he was a futurist in the 80s. Yes. He projected maps of what the Earth would look like after the major cataclysm that he he believed was coming, and it kind of aligns with what Edgar Cayce predicted, that volcanoes would erupt earth would tilt on its axis um and you know uh, coastlines would flood continents would submerge and i think if you look at those i think people would find those maps very interesting yeah did did you guys get that one i sent to you future Uh, maps it is it's it's actually it's actually in our show notes for episode 70 oh great okay because that's i I just find those maps fascinating is it going to happen i don't know but who knows but the, the maps are fantastic really I, I think the thing is is that a lot of people have to keep in mind when it comes to people predicting the future is that you know you better be right because the thing is is like if you say something is going to happen on april 30th 2017 and nothing happens on april you know on, uh, I on that day they make the mistake you can't be that specific yeah so and, and, but I think that a lot of people buy into those prophecies and, and they live their lives accordingly. And then what happens? <laughs> even, they all even, take Kool-Aid together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even Edgar Casey made that mistake. He, he, some of his predictions, he put a time frame on that didn't, yes. yeah. didn't come to pass. But that doesn't mean that he was wrong about the he, totality I, But of he it. did. He, was, he made the mistake of He did. Of and that is a mistake. Yeah. And, and a lot of, a lot of uh, 
people, clairvoyance and things like that, yeah. make that mistake and it and just makes them look bad because it doesn't yeah. come to pass. And then everybody says, oh, well, they don't know what they're talking yeah. about. But they may know what they're talking about. It's just wrong time frame. You know? I do think that, and, I, and since I have the two of you on the uh, on together at the same time, one of the things I, I did want to break, uh, topic I wanted to break was that there's something happened with the Christian evangelical movement and how it's dying in this country talking about, you know, the coming new world order. And there are a lot of churches all over the country that are closing. Um, And I think that it has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, the paradigm, the old paradigm is dying for good or for ill, because people are just sort of like, um, I I think that the internet has a lot to do with this. Whereas like people used to go to church every Sunday morning and, and listen to the pastor talk about like whatever, and and anything that the pastor said or the priest or, or whatever, whatever he said was literally and figuratively gospel. And I think that part of the reason one of the things that Walt and I are going to be talking about is um, technocracy or technocracy is that we've gotten to the point now, whereas is, is that we worship a different kind of God. Now we worship um, facebook followers or twitter followers we want to make sure that we get the the most twitter followers the more the more followers you have the more legitimacy you have to your crazy zaniness the iphone god the iphone god as it were and it was like um how long can you last without looking at your phone (laughs) you know (laughs) because everybody's looking at their phone like constantly yeah you see these people who just cannot stop looking at restaurants look at people it's all they do is look at their phone yeah they're not even talking and there's, yeah, we've covered that ground before. But. Yeah, we have, but we're going to get into another aspect of it. Part of the problem is that people uh, anthropomorphize God. You know, they have to make him into a uh, something that they can understand in terms of a human figure. And I think it's beyond. We're, it's beyond. It's infinite. It's, we can't comprehend it with a finite mind, which is what we have. It's a. It's a creative power throughout the universe. I mean, it's like, you know. It's a force. Yeah. It's, it's, not, yeah, it's, a, a force. it's not a being and, uh, necessarily. It's everyone, not a, every, the problem with religion is that every religion claims they have the only way, which creates divisiveness. And that's part of the problem that, you know, you see around you, especially well, when they get involved in politics. Almost all religions are put into place for control. Oh, a, oh, without a doubt. That's that's, yeah, that's what religion that's, really that's is. That's what it does. Yeah, it that's what organized religion is. Right. And, and um, I mean, even in the 21st century, we have people who go to their synagogues or their churches or their mosques. Can I even say that, you know, without getting into trouble? And they look for instruction. They look for their daily download or the weekly download. What am I supposed to believe? What am I supposed to buy into? Who do I give a ten percent of my money to? And no, how, that's, that's where the problem comes. And, and how can I buy favor to make sure that I, I'm not going to suffer internal hellfire? Oh, by the way, <laughs> speaking of eternal hellfire, um, perfect time to bring this up. Jim Baker is back in the news. Oh no, Jim Baker of Tammy, uh, Jim oh, and Tammy no. Faye Baker. Is he, is he still? Um 
applying body putty to Tammy's face? <laughs> no, she passed away. She I saw she, a oh, great okay. T-shirt back then with Tammy's face on a T-shirt with makeup all dripping down, saying, "I ran into Tammy Faye Baker at the mall today." <laughs> <laughs> Jim and, Baker. And, Jim and Baker. She got too close to the car exhaust and it melted her face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, when I so Jim Jim Baker has said that he has he he has a new product out. It's a pancake mix, and it's no it's sixty dollars for a sixty pound bag of of uh, pancake mix. I, I'm I, it's sixty dollars. I'm right? not making this up. And he said <laughs> he and he had said bread. <laughs> your grand your grandchildren are going oh to face God. severe hunger during the apocalypse during the revelations so get kidding? get this get the, the the first way that this antichrist is going to get to people during the tribulation is through hunger and oh, no. and to you're save your kids, you? I'm I'm not making this up. <laughs> you didn't make this up, Eric. I could not. I mean, you're I'm not, you don't have that big please. of an imagination, Eric, <laughs> to make something like that up. Make those, make them some pancakes. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> you went butter and syrup with that. <laughs> do you get the Do you get the Jessica Han um, syrup there? I'm looking here. Oh God, she's got the she's got the syrup. I'm telling you, it's right here. Televangelist Jim Baker, buy my pancake mix, or your grandchildren will go to hell. <laughs> wow, that's that's amazing. That 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 that's one of the that most. That sounds like something out of National Enquirer. It does. Okay. That, that sounds like almost too hard to believe. It really. You're does. killing me, Eric. You're killing me. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, here, here we go. You go to store. jimbakershow. dot com. You're oh for God. two butter milk pancakes. Butter. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna read this to you. Telling me this. <laughs> oh With a special offer, you will receive ten. Buttermilk pancake buckets, $750 value. <laughs> Made from high quality flour that is blended to perfection. All you need to do is add water to prepare them. Full of wholesome goodness and irresistible flavor. A pallet of steaming hot buttermilk pancakes for you. I'm telling you, due to circumstance, this offer will not be available for shipment to Canada. So I guess you Canadians, you're going to forget die. it. Yeah, they're going to hell. It's, they're called mana cakes. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you can call 888-988-1588. Two years of food for only $550. This is the best Can you imagine ever. eating pancakes for two years? Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am deconstipated today. I'm not surprised. You just ate 20 of those friggin' pancakes. 30 years old. You better, I'm telling you. <laughs> I was wondering why Eric wanted to be, ask me if I wanted to have pancakes after the show. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Get out the griddle, huh? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas. Oh, God, you, you slayed me, Eric. You got me. You that's really got that's me. amazing. That's that's for that's uh, the news of the week. I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at. Oh man, I mean, jeez. Really? Woo. 
That was good. God's done. I mean, you look at a lot of this stuff here, and it's like it's all prepping for tomorrow. This is this is this is where Christianity. Well, it's a fear, and, the fear factor, and yeah, and, it's, and, it's and based in Christianity, and preparing for the zombie apocalypse yeah. joined together. <laughs> for the Esther blessing, now take your flapjacks and press them to the screen. Jeez, be healed. <laughs> I wonder if you can. I wonder if you can get a mold that is in the shape of Jesus's head, <laughs> and you can partake of the uh, of the flesh, uh, the pan- in, in pancake form. Because I'm offending everyone in the country. Oh, uh, you know, it's it gets. I'm I'm offended. So the thing is, is that for seventy five dollars, you get the twenty one day detox package. So you're going to need it after eating all those pancakes. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and the testimonials will read, I burned my flapjack today and the image of Christ came before me. <laughs> <laughs> I wow. found it in my toast. I found it in my eggs. <laughs> <laughs> the pancake of Christ. The coffee of salvation. Pass me the Aunt Jemima. <laughs> <laughs> Wow! You got. I'm telling you. Yeah. Are, are you gonna? Is this all gonna be uh, broadcast? It has to be. <laughs> oh my God. This is like the best ever. I can't even believe you're telling me this. I'm, I'm actually gonna insert an audio clip of Jim Baker saying that your your grandchildren are going to hell. They're gonna suffer if you don't buy this pancake mix. Wonder if you can get them at IHOP. And he's and he's and he's and he's holding a toddler, and the toddler is like, "What the fuck did I get myself into?" Stuffing the pancake in its mouth, probably. Oh my God! Wow, there's he has no shame. Obviously, he's he's totally lost any degree of morality that he ever, if he ever had any, but to to try and pawn that off on people. I I, I wonder how Jessica Hahn feels about all of this. You know, (laughs) what did I start? shows to go i mean you can you can be like a mass murderer and like there's redemption for you and people will still come back to your church you know they just uh they just buy they drink the kool-aid man or at least they come back go. for pancakes anyway. exactly yeah, at least for pancakes pancakes and kool-aid the mothership is coming <laughs> <laughs> put on your nikes <laughs> yeah you know oh by the way there's Get your volume up to serve man <laughs> You know, speaking of which, um, there's been yet another death in the uh, Heaven's Gate um, 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 cult suicide. Yeah, Carol found a dead mouse behind the comet under the sink. That's good, Eric. That's good, Eric. That, there we go. I the show is going to be laughter. You know that. Jeez. Oh, yeah. So. I'm dying over here. This is great. <laughs> hey, so. It reminds me of the, the Warren Zevon song where he talks about the uh, uh, California falling into the ocean. Like yeah. the, like the I, I forget the exact line, but he says like the mystics and the something says it will. And, and I'll still be here in this cheap motel. That's <laughs> 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 That's great. You just think of all these. Oh, pe- that's good. You think yeah. of all these poor desolate people living in the desolate. They're living in a life of poverty because they're paying seven hundred dollars for a ton of pancake mix. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that <laughs> Armageddon sounds pretty good right now. 
Get, really. you, get your mana cakes. <laughs> 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 okay, I guess we beat that. Beat I, we that beat that oh, there's <laughs> one more thing. One uh, more okay, thing I had to bring up. Go ahead. There is actually a museum dedicated to the book of the Bible in Washington, D.C. There, what? What's dedicated? What? A there's a museum in Washington, D.C. that recently opened that is dedicated just to the Holy Bible. Interesting. And and the uh, the, and the cafe. They have a bunch of Bibles in there. They have they have different they uh, it's Bibles that have been printed throughout history. They have certain dioramas of Gutenberg Bible. I think they might. They might. They have to. They have to. They have dioramas of scenes from the Bible and the cafe there at the museum. I'm not kidding. It's called Manna. Wow. Well. you know, the book I mentioned, uh, Secret of the Dark Stars, Anton Parks, is, he's like a clairvoyant linguist, and he, uh, he deciphered the ancient Babylonian. Evidently, he said there's a code throughout all languages, if you can, <clears throat> a main code that he's deciphered. And uh, one of the uh, things he talks about in the book is uh, the Old Testament and the story of the Garden of Eden. And... Um, his interpretation is uh, a little more comprehensive. Um, he says there were some misinterpretations and some distortions uh, <clears throat> from you know the original translations, and it changes the whole story. It's pretty interesting, and he, of course, he divulges it in the light of the fact that <clears throat> you know the Anunnaki were here, and you know a lot of the stuff that was talked about. Um, by the early peoples, they really couldn't understand the technology or what they were seeing, so they spoke about it in other terms. So it changes the the Old Testament to a large degree. Yeah, I his, think it validates whole, it, but I think it expands and makes it more understandable. Yeah. And, and and I think it validates his his research and his you know his thinking patterns. Yeah. Because yes. it is based in linguistics. It's not yeah. you know it's right. it's based on interpretations of, of the Sumerian language. Yeah. Um, kind of like Zitchin, but I, I think this guy is more of a savant in terms of languages. Yes. And, and yes. the origin of languages. I mean, yeah. that's according whole, to him, Eden was a place where the Anunnaki <clears throat> uh, had their slave race, like raising their crops. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. for sustenance. Mm-hmm. And the reason why that was there was because of this, like you like you were talking about before, because there was a Stargate there. That's no. that's right. That's and, why right, it was exactly. founded there. Yeah, and the forbidden fruit, like of Adam and Eve, and the serpent in the garden, is it's the reptilians, which is who they were, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, giving them some technology, which the knowledge of good and evil they weren't supposed to have. So <clears throat> that, that that's how he interprets it, and it certainly yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, it really to, does. To uh, this is a little tidbit that I that I learned, which is kind of interesting if if it's actually true, um, and and I I don't I didn't really research this, so I, I I can't say that it necessarily is. But supposedly in Hebrew, the the letter W yeah is is equivalent to the number six. Mm-hmm. So when you think about a website, www yeah in Hebrew it's six six six. Yeah. That's interesting. That's not the first time I've heard that. Oh, you have heard that before. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. There's so a lot that's that really kind of brings up the the question of where are we going with technology? And we're going to talk about that today with technocracy. Um, well, I don't know if you're are you familiar with that, Jim or uh, te- what, what you just said? Well, no, the technocracy movement. 
I've been following uh, um, yeah, artificial the growth of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that the Saudi Arabians uh, gave citizenship to a robot recently, and uh, Elon Musk produced a video about <clears throat> um, like nano drones that carry explosives that will become independent and that can fly around the world and assassinate people with, with small explosive packets. And he created it as a warning to all of us to, like, something needs to be done because, like, we're creating all of this and we're, we're not putting rules into place and we're not really having a vision of where this could all be heading. It's like the rise of the machines from Terminator. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's it's not like rise of the machines in it Terminator. Is it is the rise of the machines. Well, and it's not only the rise of the machines, but it's the rise of technology as being... A governing body exactly you know absolutely um, absolutely that's coming yeah it's here yeah it's here and and it's that's here. really what we're going to talk about today so yeah that sounds great yeah. well this has been a fabulous comeback show I, i'm 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 glad we're back on track this is great and I'm glad um, you, you've returned from the dystopia <laughs> that is florida <laughs> <laughs> the void desert with mars we were wandering wandering <laughs> well you know I, I i did some thinking about that about morrison going into the desert i, I yeah. wonder if he didn't um know of a stargate or something that he that he might have gone into or or had some where he he had some vision yeah. i think yeah when he when he went into the desert not unlike christ really in some ways yeah. you know? he was tuned up his he, lyrics are extraordinary so yeah it's possible yeah. anything's possible he was tuned into well, something he extraordinary. was, he, he he was, was. downloading stuff from yeah. somewhere yeah you know and he had an eidetic memory which is oh he was incredible. brilliant yeah he was yeah. he was he was brilliant so yeah. uh, unfortunately people didn't listen to him but well no he wanted us to wake up and we still yeah. haven't awakened no 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 i i um I'm not sure if I wanted to get into this now or whether or not I wanted to wait until after. Since you're here, Jim, I'll, um, I'll, I'll introduce this little aspect of it. M- uh, my son is reading Animal Farm in, okay, in high school. Right. And the thing is, and I, I, I didn't read it. I listened to the unabridged audio version, the audible book version of it. And the thing is, is that it is, it's an actual terrifying fable about how yeah movements in regards to freedom and how a revolution can be perverted by a charismatic character who says contradictory things and um rewrites history and offers to make you pancakes and offers to make you pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. and and the thing is it's like how they can take something like the written word and can manipulate people to say no no that's not what it says that's not you, you. You got the interpretation wrong, mm-hmm. or no, we didn't. That that didn't happen like that. You're misremembering it. And if enough people in the media say you're misre, misremembering that, after a while, people tend to stop thinking for themselves and say, stop saying, no, I don't think so. That is exactly how I remember it. And it talks about illiteracy of all things and so you you do not want to be illiterate and have people tell you what the history books say because you want to be able to read it for yourself and and not have somebody interpret it for you again getting back to what's happening in america the with the closing of these churches all these people are turning their backs on the churches and they're searching for the truth for themselves and they're saying wait a minute the bible doesn't say this 
this well, isn't what Mike Holyoke Orwell, says. Orwell was on to something. I mean, he, he, yeah, he was yes. a really brilliant, brilliant guy. Yeah. And, you know, Animal Farm is a parable. It is. Yes, yes. It's yes. more than just a parable. <clears throat> It's a big it's a difference warning, between yeah. religiosity and spirituality. And yeah, I know absolutely. People are looking absolutely. for it, but they're confused because that portal has been closed in a lot of religions. The the mysticism has been purged from it, and that's what people are desiring. They just uh, oftentimes don't know. They're longing for something. That's what it is. I mean, if you can find a church that's still open, stand up in the middle of, 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 a, of a service and say, that's not what the Bible says. See what happens. See how long you last. Yeah, yeah, I know. You get a lot of hymn books thrown at you. See how long it takes for the ushers to grab you by the collar and throw your ass out. Just just out of of curiosity. Don't do it to be a smart ass, but do it just to to literally look at the Bible, read your Bible. And and I'm talking to all just Christians out there or whatever holy book you belong to. Read read it for yourself. And then when the pastor Mm -hmm. says, you know, when the pastor gets on a kick about how much God hates homosexuals, stand up and say, well, what about adulterers and fornicators and liars and money yeah. hoarders and, and see what they see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. It's very yeah. interesting. Anything That'll else, Jim, before we go? A difficult audience, Eric. I know. Anything else before we go, Jim? Um, yeah, well, in the old days, <clears throat> I was reading into different types of torture the church used. They would, like, cut pieces of flesh and then rip the skin from the person's body until they were totally de-skinned. It was evidently a horrible way to die, but really? that's part of what yeah. the Inquisition did to mm-hmm. keep people in line. Oh, yeah, the earth is flat. Honest to God, I believe that. <laughs> you know, yeah. you'd take, be skinned alive, skin. have your testicles crushed, or be hmm. burnt at the stake. Like that, not, not much of a choice, so the, you know, they held the beliefs in check. They didn't want anybody going outside the box. Exactly. Just ask and Galilee. we haven't strayed too far from that. Just ask Galileo. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah true so no that's it okay. uh one last thing <clears throat> if there aren't any uh is there any isn't any legitimate interest in space and part of our government then i wonder why uh nasa just posted a job as a planetary protection officer for, for 185 a year i'll send in my resume as soon as we're done recording <laughs> yeah. Eric's hey, have, apply a, for have that. a great show guys thanks yeah we'll see you a bit we'll see you jim take care bye Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company, proudly bringing you traditionally made kangaroo whips with top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function, handcrafted by Blake Brunning. You can find them at www.trinitywhipco.com and on the Metaphysical Connection main page.
here's the amazing thing is that Walt and I do our separate research. Walt does his research, and then I do my research, and we come together and we start talking about the show, as it were. And Walt had asked, so what, Eric, what's your angle? And I'm going to talk about two documents. Well, three, if you talk about um, the one from Freedom Club. Um, and I mentioned, um, can I pronounce this guy's name again without <laughs> without stuttering? His last name is Brzezinski. Brzezignu? Is that how you say Brzezignu, Brzezinski? Probably. And, um, and then, of course, Walt's eyes lit up. And... Um, he was kind of like, yeah, yeah. That, it was that a Brzezinski moment. Yeah. And um, so the topic is technocracy. And in the research of doing this, I found a whole bunch of, I guess what you could consider subversive documents out there that pretty much predicted everything that we're going through in the world right now in the mm-hmm. realm of. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all, you know, it's all been sort of laid in place. It's all part of the plan, <clears throat> as it were. You want to you talk a little bit about technocracy and what it is before we start Getting into the on the show nuts and bolts of it on the show page. If I can find, the I think a lot of people may not be familiar with the term. I know I wasn't until I started looking into it and heard what was going on with it. I mean, it's. I think it's something that we've touched on in a lot of different sh- other shows where we talked about the emergence of AI and those kinds of things. But this is just slightly different, a different spin on it. Technocracy is the system of government where decision makers are selected on the um, bias or basis of technological knowledge. Scientists, engineers, technologists, or experts in any field would compose the government body instead of elective representatives. Right. That's the vanilla version of it all, as it were. Yeah, well, it's pretty much what it is, though. It's, It's sort of the next level of government or the next phase of government. If we're not there already. Well, we're getting there. Yeah, we are. I mean, if for my money, if you look at our political system, it's, it's in chaos. It's in total chaos. Are you crazy? You think? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just not functioning. Yeah. It's not functioning anymore. And I don't think too many people would argue that it is. Um, I think that, you know, most people would say, okay, well we have to fix it. Yeah. By, you know, Doing things differently, but I don't even know at this point. It's so dysfunctional that how do you how do you do that? How do you even fix it? So you know the the thought pattern for technocracy is that is going to be the next phase of of what um, government is going to be. Yeah, it's exactly. Going to be run by decision makers that are scientifically and en- scientific personalities and engineering personalities and people that are real technical thinkers, and they theoretically will know what's good for us yeah make decisions based on or at least what's good for them anyway but isn't that better than what we have now with lawyers that have delusions of grandeur and and just think to themselves hmm since i was like a really great defense attorney maybe i should become a congressman and then a senator and then a president or or whatever because i I don't think this system this body of of government is working anymore it's not but what what that really is is an end run around the constitution right you know what what does that re- what does the constitution mean if it's no longer an effective document there are college students who are graduating from college who will make the argument that 
Either the Constitution is a living, breathing document or it has no relevance to the world today. Well, OK, well, just I'll just remember you said that when you get uh, abducted by the thought police. And well, if you don't believe in the, the Constitution anymore, then I guess the Fourth and Fifth Amendment and and all like that, you know, it just gets thrown out of the window. And, you know, if you don't believe in the if you don't believe in the Constitution, then I guess that maybe we can just beat you to death for something that you said that was inappropriate mm-hmm. And violate your rights that are protected under the First Amendment. Because if you, well, you don't believe in the Constitution anymore, then what does it matter anymore? Well, there is no, I mean, if, if this, in fact, does become the law of the land, where we do have a technocratic governing body, I, I don't think there's going to be much personal choice anymore. In no, In terms not of at all. what happens. Your um, personal choice is already being in manufactured. The big it, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But this movement actually started back in the 30s. Yeah. Did, did you, okay. Did you do any? Did you learn anything about that, or did, did that come up in your research? My research basically began with um, the formation of the internet, which is a part of the, which was an offshoot of the Cuban Missile Crisis, when Kennedy and company sort of said, "Oh my God, we came this close to the brink of extinction. How do we preserve knowledge so that in the event that something does happen?" We'll have this redundant knowledge base. Was that when Al? Was that when Al Gore invented it? Or? I think it was. I think yeah. that he was like, what was he still in junior high or something like that? Yeah, and they he, said he was a he was obviously a, a Albert a, a, Se- an early bloomer. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Albert Senior, do you know of any bright young star out there who could create this thing called the internet? Why, yes, my son. <laughs> Al Jr. <laughs> He's going to come up in a, in a little bit when we start talking about sure. some other things. But um, so, getting back to the 30s, there was this movement in the United States, a technocracy, and it's still there, there's still a technocracy yeah. group. You can mm-hmm. they have a website and everything, and they they actually literally had cars. They all the major car manufacturers sold cars that indicated that you were a technocrat. Really? Yeah, they were gray. These big gray sedans with orange wheels. Oddly enough, that is the weirdest thing I've heard today. <laughs> that, that beats Jim Baker's. It's weirder than Jim Baker's pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> it is pretty weird. Um, so, if you were part of this movement, you could actually purchase a car that said to your friends and neighbors that you were a technocrat. It, it was in, not intended to be a negative thing. It was intended to be a a, a way to have science sort of solve all the problems of the sure and, and, and you have to think about the time frame the 30s was yep. was the uh depression right and and our economic system capitalism wasn't looking so good at that point you could make an argument that the depression was not a fun time i mean my my parents lived through that and they they didn't speak fondly of it you could make the argument back during the depression that the system was broken. You can make that argument back then. Mm-hmm. And we did bounce back, you know, with World War II, you know, bullet, bullets over butter and butter mm-hmm. over bullets. Well, and the, and the um, Roosevelt's um, policies yeah. had a lot to do with it. To that a very large extent, mm-hmm. yes. Um, and the thing is, is that we built and we fought our way out of the Depression into one of the greatest economic times, the economic growths of, that the world has ever seen um, after World War II. And you could say, oh, well, okay, you know, we had a bump in the road, but see, this, this, the system worked itself corrected. Mm-hmm. And then you can look at everything that's happened since the end of World War II. And you can see this sort of like this progression of how, 
homogenizing 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 mm-hmm. american society whereas and and this is one of those epiphanies that i had um when i was in the eighth grade reading animal farm and reading 1984 talking about you know mm-hmm. the civilian um uniform you know the 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 citizen civilian uniform and everybody is sort of dressed almost mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. i'm sitting there and it's the eighth grade i'm looking everybody's wearing sneakers jeans t-shirt sweatshirt cap sneakers jeans t-shirt except sweatshirt eric. except for eric you know <laughs> did you have a fedora back then yeah i did uh. Walt's not, Walt's not surprised. <laughs> I'm not, no. Oh. But, but interesting that you bring up Orwell, or, or The Animal Farm, or 1984. Well, when were, there, there's two books that were written that I, that I believe were, had to have come out of this movement yep. of technocracy. One being 1984. Yep. It was written, I think that came out in 43. 1984 um, came out in 1948. Oh, 48, okay. Yep. Well, I, I have to believe that Orwell had an eye on technocracy. He did. When he wrote that book. Oh, absolutely. And another being Brave, Brave New Brave, World. Brave New World, right. Who Two books that have sort of dissimilar um, landscapes. Right. But really the same basic theme. Like I there think. is this giant um, omnipotent oligarch that has an eye on everybody yeah. and everybody, right. anybody right. who is a nonconformist is sort of slapped down right. yeah. and is made to submit conform. Yeah. Yes. And when you think about it, that's sort of the direction that things are going in. Yeah. Um, so Huxley and, and Orwell, I'm sure had, a, had a very um, acute sense of, of technocracy and, and, yeah. and what was what that could lead to and yep. i think that's what they were writing about yeah um and you know although they are fiction those books are fiction as we know with science i guess some people could say that science fiction science fiction at some point becomes science fact, fact yeah thank you thank you isaac Osmoth. right so you know are we going in that direction i guess that's the question that we're posing today is, is our society moving in that? Certainly seems like there's a lot of pieces of that in place at this point. Yeah. I um, think that there's... And how do we stop it? Look at DNA manipulation. And um, last week on NPR, I was listening to a, a story. I think it was on Science Friday or whatever. And they were actually talking about <laughs> DNA designer babies. And you can actually look at the genome of, a, of, of, uh, of an embryo. Or a fetus, and mm-hmm. and see what's going on with this with this little this little tyke, and does it have a a horrible birth defect? Does it have a horrible um, disease? Um, what's the chances of of being a viable fetus or whatever? What's what are the odds of it being a viable citizen when it reaches the age of majority? Scary questions. If you're able to look at your if your parent is able to look at a child's DNA test results mm-hmm. and see that this kid is going to be too much of one thing or not enough of another oh, well, well if you can if you can eliminate genetic defects oh absolutely I, I agree i think that that's right my, maybe okay although again you, you know you're messing with right. the natural process which are which is always dangerous always you know, it, it's just how far do you take that right you know, do you start saying okay well you know i really want to um i really want to get have a boy with 
blonde hair and blue eyes. That's you know that has a one forty IQ and right. is, is six foot five and you know muscular you know, mm. or or you know vice versa. You We've know, been down this path before. Walt. We have, we have. So so where do you where do you draw the line on that? You know that's the whole thing. I again that's you know that's part of the question I think society has to ask and answer. Well, not only to some degree. Not only yeah. that, Walt. Not only does where does the line get drawn? I, think I just described an Aryan. I think you did. <laughs> Who gets to decide where the line is drawn to has a lot to do with that. I, I think that one of the things that speaking of technocracy, well, that's the thing when yeah. you have scientists ruling the day. That they're they're you know there's really not room for morality when you have a scientific point of view. Or you can say that it's the morality is not really an issue. With a far extreme of mor- morality, saying that it, this is a very moral thing to do is to exterminate these people. Doesn't enter the conversation. Morality doesn't enter for 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 those particular yeah. kind of people that are extreme um, left brain kind of thinkers. Yeah. You know that everything is about technology and making things better through technology and better living through chemistry. Yeah, as you know, was that that was a slogan back in the fifties or sixties? Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe the political system breaking down to the point where it's just not working anymore leaves the door open to that kind of thing where people say, well, anything's got to be better than that. You know, look what's going on. You know, I, I think all these all these um, allegations of sexual impropriety and things like that, I think this is only just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, it's good. Oh, geez. You know, everybody. I, I don't know how many politicians are going to be outed. Everybody's secrets are going to be out in the open. They're just getting to the politicians. Exactly. Now, you know, and they're still working on Hollywood and, and all the people that we sort of look up to as role yeah. models, you know, in some sense. Yeah. As, you know, people that we want, that we look up to in terms of being desirable personality types. Yeah. You know, we're learning that they're all, you know, basically a immoral um people that just you know are not people that you want to emulate in any way so at what point do we start looking at our political system and say hmm gee this is not really working I mean, when i say we i mean we right. as, a, as a general you know consensus and and does that open the door for something else to come in yeah you know as in the case of technocracy and, and maybe what orwell and and um huxley were saying is is fairly accurate in terms of where it can go yeah. if we allow that to happen. I think the, the scary thing is is that when you look at everything that's going on with hacking democracy, as it were, we're still having the debate almost <clears throat> more than a year later about mm-hmm. how, did, how did the president become the president? Apparently, you know, fake news and fake news stories being propagated on social media. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a time when somebody's going to come up with the idea of let's go to IBM, let's look at this watson computer and see if we can build another watson to become the president of the united states and have it have it run in perpetuity buried underneath cheyenne mountain or something like that well it's possible but i think i think it's more likely that we would have a group of scientists and engineers and people like that you know and and those kind of people are already rising to the surface sure you know people like um mark zuckerberg yeah zuckerberg and elon musk and yeah and and, 
you know, those guys, they're becoming the new rock stars. Of course. You know, the guy from Amazon. Yeah, Jeff uh, Bezos. Bezos. He, he's got like $98 billion or $78 billion. Something, like, some extra, uh, yeah, extraordinary. Extreme amount of money. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> These are the guys that are, are becoming the, the new role models, the new, the new gods, so to speak. Sure. You know, we used to think of the president as sort of like a god in some some, some way, ways, shape, or form, yeah. You know? um, at least until the, <laughs> until the Kennedy assassination. Yeah. But that's another whole story. We did um, shows on that. We did, yeah. But we've gotten to the point now where you start looking at these people and saying, is this somebody that I want to hold in high esteem? Exactly. People that, you know, sexually molest other people. and the, the, So, you know, you have to start to think, what's the alternative? You know, I mean, it kind of, you know, for my money, the system needs to be fixed. Yeah. There's something wrong with the way people get elected and the way, you know, you can only get so far in politics if, unless you're A, wealthy, B, have connections with, you know, some kind of CE characters. That, right. You know, and we, we see that playing out all the time. Exactly. You know? Do we want to elect people on that basis? Well, what's the alternative? Well, looking back I, I, at what, I don't know. Looking back at what happened a year ago. I looked at both the candidates, the mainstream candidates, and I, I could not vote for either one of them and look at myself in the face in the mirror. There you go. That's and, the case and, in point. And the thing is, I'm not I'm not alone. There are people who didn't show up to the polls because they felt the same way. There's no way so that you get a winner by default almost in yeah. some ways. You know. Either way, at, either side. So at what point are somebody gonna say, Well the thing is is that the Democrat and the Republican is not viable. I could never vote for either one of them without mm -hmm. throwing up. What about this Elon Musk character? Maybe we should draft him to become the president or Jeff Bezos or Jeff Zuckerberg or, or somebody whose name we haven't even heard of yet, who is a genius mm -hmm. and somebody who was able to build something out of nothing via the Internet. Somebody who created a, 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 a website all, all of his own and has his own series of podcasts and his website and, and a small cult following. Hmm. Hmm. And the thing is that it was just like, well, that's what, what I'm we, saying. Where, where, is we that, put, where does we that, that transition person? take place? That's a question in my mind. I, it, and, I think it's it, happening it, now though. We've Walt. talked about that, but, but where do we, if in fact this is going to happen, if, if technocracy is really the wave of the future, it's already let's happening. Let's just say, well, it seems to be, yeah. Where where's where does that transition take place? Where where does that where does that power get transferred? Do you from, want me to tell from, you what I from think? From the president, the executive branch to the to the congressional branch, um, you know, where 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 does that transit? What happens to make that transition viable? I think we're I seeing that. What I'm asking. I think we're seeing that transition happening right now over social media. I think the thing is, is that it was just like it's becoming. It's becoming the arena of ideas and whatever whatever group can shout down bad ideas that, mm -hmm. that they don't like, that wins. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's what's becoming of... You get a lot... I notice you get a lot of mean-spirited dialogue on, say, like Facebook, you know? Who, me? No, not you. I'm just saying in general. If you look at it, you know, somebody will put something on there about Trump, say. Yeah. And then you get a bunch of people coming back at them. Yeah, but, you know, this, and you didn't look at this, and you didn't think about this, and blah, blah. You know, you get sniped at. Yeah. Basically. And, it's, and most of it is mean-spirited. It's not... Oh, it's all not mean-spirited. It, it's not... Um, 
it's not legitimate dialogue where where somebody presents another point of view necessarily. Right. It's it's mean. Right. Um, and and that's not good. Look, a, you know, that's not good. Look what I encountered last year when I said that I could not vote for either candidate. And of course, you had idiots who, oh, I guess you want someone to win. You know, yeah, it's of like, of course, yeah, that's what you get. Like and be, you know what? <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion. Right. You know? Well, if no, but, that's not true. You're not entitled to your own opinion. Yeah, you're entitled yeah. to your own informed opinion. Well, either way, you're still right. entitled to say what you feel. Right. Whether it's informed or not informed. Okay, it would be better if it's informed. Right. But, you know, you should be able to say, you know, I support um, Donald Duck for, for, for president. Right. You know, if that's what you really feel. You know, I'm being silly now, but right. of course. But, um, of course, that's a Disney character, so I probably want to think that. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> my feelings about Donald, Disney. Donald, Trump, <clears throat> Donald Duck is the, is, is the Antichrist. No, I think, I think. So what I'm saying is that, you know, Facebook is really not set up for a legitimate dialogue. It, it's set up for people to kind of be sniping at each other, you know, and, and saying mean stuff about each other. And then on the other side, there's this mundane stuff about, you know, oh, I had this for lunch at the, you know, at the, at the botanical the, gardens or something. Okay, right. well, that's nice, but I don't really care no. about that. You know, I don't care whether you had. I, I, I'm glad you had lunch and enjoyed yourself at the botanical gardens. <laughs> but I, don't, I just don't care about it. I just know? don't need to know about no, it. No, I don't need to know about that. You know, I'm not diminishing that person's experience. I'm just saying that is that really worthy of? I, I guess maybe people think that other people want to know. Isn't about that. isn't it important to share aspects of your life with somebody? But I don't want I don't want somebody to say, "Oh my God, I did this great thing with this with this chick that I picked up last night at the." Well. Uh, that's I can take it to an extreme, Eric. But um, no, I mean, Facebook is okay, but it becomes a forum for all kinds of unusual thinking patterns. I think you, know? you get to see what people are really thinking. You get to see who they really are. No longer do you can you have the illusion that yeah that person thinks a lot like i do that person and i aren't that different after all right it's sort of it's sort of like when you invite your crazy george over your crazy uncle george over for thanksgiving and he says some incredibly obnoxious way out mm -hmm. in left field um that's when you that's pattern. when you slip some quaalude into his glass of wine sure know, and hopefully he goes to sleep and falls but the, out of his but chair. the thing is is now but your your crazy uncle George only had a a format to speak to you maybe once a year maybe maybe it's a couple of times a year Christmas Easter Fourth of July weekend Labor Day weekend and but now he has an open sewer pipe into your brain. Well, that's true, but through Facebook. But but Thanksgiving or any event like that, Christmas dinner, whatever, it's not the right forum for. Crazy Uncle George's political for, um, views. It still happens. Is, well, he should be told to be quiet. Yeah, or leave. We're, we're here to we're here to enjoy a, a nice Thanksgiving dinner. Do that, you want to talk about? I wish it was that simple. <laughs> well, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I guess it. Well, then you leave. I guess. That's well, I, guess I, I guess. I guess I will. The only alternative you have. But yeah, I mean, in some ways, you're right. Facebook is exactly sort of like yeah. that. You know, you're, but you're choosing to look at it. Too, there's, there's a great episode. Nobody of, twists your arm to make you look at it. There's a great um, 
there's there's a great episode of South Park that from a couple of years ago mm-hmm. where one of the one of the kids gets a Facebook account and people are easily offended the fact that you didn't you didn't friend your grandmother. What's wrong with you? Face, yeah. You didn't face your And then, of course, your girlfriend is all upset because, oh, I guess we're through. Well, what do you mean we're through? Well, your relationship status says you're sing- single. Woman, I've only had my Facebook account for five minutes. What are you talking about? You know, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. And the thing is, is that, I mean, and this is one of the aspects of, of this that I wanted to get to talking, of, you know, getting back to The Mind Has No Firewall by Timothy J. Thomas. And uh, between the ages, America's role in the techno um, tectonic life by Brzezinski. Mm -hmm. And the scary thing is industrial society and its future by the one and only Ted Kaczynski, a.k.a. Freedom Club from 1993, talking about how, you know, his manifesto has a lot of truth in it. It really does. It really does. I I disagree with his um, the way he chose to. Get attention to, to accentuate it. Yeah. 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 If he had found a better way, I mean, to to share his thoughts and ideas, maybe he would not be in prison, right? I mean, he didn't have to blow people up to get his point across. But he felt he did, apparently. You know, because he's deranged. I mean, sure. But, but the reason why he's deranged is because society did, you know, long before that rejected him because of his level of intelligence and his unusualness and you know when even when he was a little kid he didn't get he got rejected by social things and you know what if he had chosen to put that energy in and bring that manifesto out as a political right campaign as a political forum maybe he would have gotten some traction yeah. but probably not we don't know probably that probably not we don't know that but um, chances are that what my I guess my point is that people Candidates that have legitimate ideas like that um, never going to get anywhere in, in the political system because nobody ever, people really, I, th- I think the system really is set up to not benefit the, the, the general population. No. I think it's, it's set up to benefit a, a, a select few. I noticed very known early as, on. Known as the elite. At a very early age. I noticed that there were certain people who were allowed to have opinions that were wonky, that were a little outside the, the mainstream. But the thing is, is that those are the same kids who were sort of like looked upon to enforce the ideas that the oligarchs had. They were allowed to have just a scotched little bit of freedom so they can enforce the greater image or the greater picture of conformity. Mm-hmm. You want to be just like the group. You want you don't want to be ostracized. You You know... And if you do not conform, and you learn this at a very early age, if you do not conform, you are ostracized and you are beaten and you are bullied and you are forced to submit to whatever the norm is of the day. Sounds like a John Lennon song. It, but it is. It's true. And it he was true. right. He was right. You were, but, you are beaten down until you finally submit or you become a social pariah. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before. Look what happened to him. Yeah. Look where he, how he ended up. Look at, what, look at what's going on in American society. I mean, especially what's going on in American society. It's everything is all down to tribalism. Your tribe drives a certain car. It, you wear certain clothes. You follow certain sports. 
You follow specific teams. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to listen to this music. You're supposed to watch these shows. You're supposed to read these publications. And if you do not do those seven things or eight things, you are considered a nerd or a geek or whatever. Isn't that sort of what Facebook is? Though? That's exactly what's ha what's happening. And the thing is, like, if you don't submit to these groups, you can find your own group to submit mm -hmm. to. And within every group, just like an animal farm, every group has its comrade Napoleon. Whatever comrade Napoleon says. Mm -hmm. but, the, but the thing is that when this is done through social media, it's artificial, really. You know, it, saying something to a group of people live in person, face to face, is much different than saying something on, say, Facebook. You're much more, it's much more anonymous in some way. Sure. You know, it doesn't, you're not right there in the room with them, you know. So people have a tendency to, to be a little more, a little, ha, have less filters, maybe. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. But you're still being forced to submit to the group think. But here's, the, here's what George Orwell got wrong. Whereas everybody would be, everybody's information would be taken and put into the, the database. Mm. Good point, Eric. But how did, he automatically. Get the, how did he get it wrong? You're giving it away automatically. You're giving it away. You were giving away well, your information. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. We're giving away everything. We're giving that. That's what this is. This, we're doing this it on is, Facebook this and is Twitter. What we're really getting to Eric. Talking this about the, the 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 real pivotal point here is data collection. That that's where this is all going. And I'm going to get to an aspect of this that ought to terrify the hell out of everybody. Well, data collection is ongoing. People don't really realize that every time you submit something online, yeah. That's data that's being collected in some day. And, and you know who started this, really, um, is Obama. Yeah. Obama started, he, he classified it as a racial database, but it's really not. Yeah. He, he was looking at, or he was at least presenting it as um, a way to sort of not keep tabs Ma on people, but. Looking um, at metadata so we can have a giant database yes, to see who's yes, doing what. Yes, and, yes. And, and really what that is, is a collection of everything about you. Right. Um, under, this and is, that's what smart devices are doing as well. But this is under the prison program. And when the Washington Times and some other um, publications, I think that it was the Guardian, UK Guardian out of London, released the information about prism back in 2013 people were like holy crap mm -hmm. the government is just as evil as we thought it was well, oh my god we're allowing it to happen all, all the devices like these smart devices yeah you know, they're they're more monitoring what we do in some sense and and creating data for that base yeah you know there and and at some point that's going to be used to profile people you know, let, let's 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 give an example of a carbon footprint profile. Okay. Okay. So so you have um, I don't, how how many square feet is your house? Do you know? Oh jeez, I don't I don't know. Okay. Let let's say you have a a, a house that's uh, you you have a wife and two kids. Right. I'm not using you as an example, but, but you guess, are. But I guess I can, and and you have a house that's larger than what you really need. 
I'm just I'm not right, saying you. Right, I'm just right. saying a person. Right. We'll we'll just use some of right. your facts as an example. And so you're heating a house that's larger than right. than, than what you really need. Sure. Um, you're driving two cars that aren't particularly fuel efficient. Okay. I'm okay. not saying you. Right. You, right. You keep looking skewed when I mention things. I'm not talking about no, you. No, because I'm actually that. thinking could that could that be me though? But go ahead. Okay. Well then yeah i mean it's something for everybody to think about. sure um and you heat with oil and you you don't have any passive solar or anything like that and you um you know you eat beef mm. um five times a week mm, yeah um, so so when all this data is collected and the hierarchy says well we're creating a carbon footprint Yep. based on your data right and if you exceed the the what we say is the limit yeah for for carbon emissions yep. or carbon usage we'll yep. say then you're going to pay a tax on that you're going to pay more tax on your income tax than or on your federal tax. right um so what do you do about that well let's figure out how can we so do this? if you drive a prius and you have a relatively small house right and you have passive solar or wind or something like that and you're, you're creating yep. less of a of a carbon footprint so yep. you don't pay as much tax sure um some people might say well that's a good idea because that's going to cause people to want to not pay as much tax right sure so you might buy a smaller house that's sure. more energy efficient blah 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 but all what that's really doing is using your data against you against you right yeah and we're allowing that to happen it's a violation as, as we speak that's a as violation of the fourth by and fifth amendment all this, i think well at the the way it exists now but if at some point the constitution gets superseded or you know thrown out the window or something sure then that's the way it is and if that and that is the kind of thing that technocracy could could pull off who's to say that that's not going to happen within the next 20 years we with all know. of these we i mean People are going to be using, you know, what's going on with Puerto Rico as an example. Puerto Rico is still without electricity after a hurricane mm-hmm. struck well almost two months well, ago. The grid was taken out. Right? Yeah. The whole grid was taken out. Who's to say that there's going to be some other kind of cataclysm that they're going to use as an excuse to, we're going to clamp down on all these things. Mm-hmm. We're going to take your data. And here's the thing. You're telling people things about you that you may not even want other people to know. Your wife your children if you're you, if you're on facebook and you let everybody know you know these are, these are my kids these are what my kids look like this is where they go to school this is their there's these are the afternoon activities these are the saturday after activities um this is the movie that we're going to go see we're going to go see it at friday afternoon we're going to see justice league at the gardner cinema at the 6 30 showing what the hell if somebody was tracking you or stalking you online, oh my God, it's right I mean, it's all, right it's all right there. That's everything you need to know. Think about 1984. Right? Yes. One thing Orwell did get wrong is the date, but I think sure. he had a lot of other things right. Sure. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, when you think about 1984, the, everybody had a had a what in their house a big a widescreen tv right a big big brother is what what right and they were monitoring your 
every move and your behavior. Sure, it had a camera. Right. Well, what what does every pretty much everybody have in their house? Widescreen TV. Right. Smart TVs. We're getting yeah. to the point where the smart TVs. So, are those not, in some sense, gathering uh, data gathering devices? How much it could be. How Ale- much different is that than, than 1984? You look you look at uh, devices like Alexa, whereas it's like if you say Alexa, it's the size of the coffee cup that you have right, right there. Right. Alexa, <clears throat> can you help me find this, that, and the other thing? Or it's like if Alexa, if if Alexa hears that you're beating up on your spouse, Alexa will <laughs> will call the police on you. Mm-hmm. Or it's like if you're talking subversive. Hey, you know, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing to this national monument. Um, Alexa might report you to the Department of Homeland Security. Right. Is that not freaking terrifying? Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's the whole thing that we're opening the door to that kind of thing. You know, that's we're doing it ourselves, really. We don't we don't need to have a smart TV, but we want it. You know, so so are we compromising our freedoms to? to have all of this technological advantage. It's death by a million paper cuts. (laughs) I I guess you could look at it that way, yeah. Because the thing is that it was just like, you can hook up your smart fridge to the internet and it will tell you if yeah, if if you need to go to the stop of the store or get milk mm-hmm. or eggs or something like that, are you right. out of butter? But it'll also be able to say, well, wait a minute, they have um, a, a, a box of wine in the fridge, and here's here's a picture of the kid drinking the wine when mom right. and dad aren't right. home. <gasps> of course, now Department of Child Welfare is going to come in and slap you down because you know mm-hmm. Alexa reported your kid drinking wine out of the box right. that you had in the fridge. Mm-hmm. But, okay, hey, that's great for, for other people's safety and security. That's a great idea. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't you want that? There are people who make the argument that it was, let's let's surrender all of our civil rights for the protection of others. Right. right. Let's dictate what people can and can't buy for the safety and security mm-hmm. of other people. Right. You should not be allowed to buy a certain truck because people have been known to plow through crowds driving this truck. You're not allowed to buy, you're not allowed to rent a truck from, from Home Depot because somebody drove through a crowd um, with Home Depot. You can't. Yeah, it, it's all of that stuff. It's it's all of those minute details that become part of the database that is is at some point going to be used for something yeah. to, to evaluate, make decisions about things. We need to put cameras in every room of your house <laughs> to make well, sure that everybody's safe. We're not safe. that far off. It's not that far off. I don't it's think. happening now. Yeah. Um, so there's a guy, um, Patrick Wood. He's got a book called Technocracy Rising. Yep. Really smart guy. Really yeah. Smart guy. And he's, you know, he's very fearful about all of these things becoming the next movement. Yeah. You know, and um, one of one of the things he talks about is the role of the Trilateral Commission. Yep. Um, which I think probably most people have heard of, and I think a lot of people don't really realize what it is what is the trilateral commission well what it is it was well the history of it it was founded in the early 70s um by by the guy that you cited as one of the articles that you read brzezinski he he was one of the founders anyway um and 
the team of Jimmy Carter and Mondale, Walter yeah. Mondale, were both trilateral commission members. So that was where the presidency began to get um, taken over by that group. And guess what? Every person that Carter... Now, everybody thinks of Carter as being this kind of good old boy, peanut yep. farmer. Um, he was... That was a created presidency. Yeah. Uh, Brzezinski was actually behind that presidency. Yep. And um, he was... Carter was basically told what he was to do, and he did it. And guess what? How did it work out Carter, for you? Carter was in the Navy. He was a naval officer. Went to, went to Annapolis, I believe. And, and we've identified before that the Navy is where a lot of this intelligence stuff comes, comes down. To. Sure. So he was, a, he was a pretty likely candidate for yeah. this whole thing. Um, and who do you think was another founding member of the Trilateral Commission? I have a feeling you're going to tell us. Um, same guy that the magazine was named after. Oh really, George? George George H W. No yes. kidding. Right, and and he was the vice president. I mean, um, Reagan kind of swept in and knocked Carter out of the way. Yep. Um, now Reagan was not a member of the trilateral nope. commission. However, George H W Bush yep. was his vice president, mm-hmm. and who some say was actually running the White House. Sure. Um, Reagan was sort of a a figurehead. Yeah. Kind of an empty suit, sort of that. Yeah. Just. Everybody sort of thought was the the great conservative of of the twentieth yeah. century or yeah. something, you know. And I, I think he was really just a puppet. Right. And he was being the strings were being pulled by HW. Well, there you go again. Yeah. Um, so you know, there's been a succession of trilateral commission members. Uh, Clinton was Clinton and Gore. Yeah. We talked about yes. earlier. They're both yes. by, both trilateral commission yeah. members. Um, w, George W was not. Okay. However, I think maybe they didn't let him join. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine why. Um, but uh, Cheney, yeah, was. Yep. So, and again, I think Cheney was running the running the show again. Yep. Actually, you know, so I think Cheney had the same role as H W had for Reagan. Right. You know. You know. Same kind of thing. Um. Obama apparently not was not a member, but a yeah. lot of his cabinet members, right. appointees, and under not only just cabinet members, but under yeah Un- under uh, under cabinet appointees, you know, yeah. that were kind of working for cabinet members and things like that were trilateral right. commission members. Um, so this is a group that is really has really taken a lot of power yeah. over, mostly economic mm-hmm. power, and they've kind of done an end run around the. Um, you know the the way things yeah. are legislated, yeah, um, and it's all kind of moving toward what H.W. first coined the phrase of as a as a new world order, yeah, and I think it's all kind of pointing to, to that. The um, the person who wrote the NAFTA mm-hmm. policy was a trilateral commission yeah. member that was put in under Clinton, yeah, right, and that and that's one of the things that um, I can't quite figure out where Trump stands with all this. Because you know he's he seems to be trying to get rid of some of that stuff, right? You know, not that not that he hasn't done a lot of negative stuff, but um, he doesn't seem to be playing into that mindset for no. some reason. He's not playing the game. No. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where that goes. 
I don't know where all that goes. But I know that the Trilateral Commission, I mean, we could do a whole show just on this. We, we probably and then, will. And then there's the, um, uh, there's a couple other similar types yeah. of, of things. Um, the Council on Foreign Relations is yep, another one. that's another one. That I think Obama was a member of. Yeah. Uh, so, so all of those things are agencies sort of, I don't even know if agency is the right word. It's what you can call part of the deep state, the permanent yeah, government yeah. that is that lives within the beltway right. around Washington, D.C. And these are the people who are are always there, whether or not, you know, presidents, senators, congressmen come and go. But the right. deep state remains. And I think and, that these and that people, stuff is all just a show. It's like right. it's like the you know, it's like the shadow on the on the cave. Right. You know, that. Was it Plato that talked yeah, about Plato that? talking about the shadows of well, the Well, that's caves. what we're watching. We're watching right. that shadow play. That's what all this nonsense yeah. in Washington is. And all this other stuff's going on in reality. Like, right. We're watching it's the shadows. It's far more show. interesting. And well, the, yeah, things like the Trilateral Commission is, is, is really subverting the power of the, of, the, of the United States government. And there's a lot of things that are going on that you have to stop mm-hmm. and think to yourself. Right. What the hell is going on? Where is... Where's all this coming from? Where's all this money coming from? How is it you're how is it that you're able to find all of this entertainment out there that keeps you distracted from what's really going on? There's a right. what you know, um, country music awards or the MTV music awards or all these 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 award shows and whatever and and um, all these football games that you got to watch and all of this. <clears throat> There's all these distractions out there, and there are all these sort of like keep your eye off the ball. keep your eye off of what's going on and not yeah. reading. And it's like, mm-hmm. and if you read too much, you're a kook. If you ask questions about, well, what is the Council on Foreign Affairs? Well, they, what is you get the classified as a, as a conspiracy theorist? Well, here's the is, problem. Which is kind of like a dirty word. Well, know? here's the thing. I'm not a conspiracy theorist anymore. I'm a conspiracy factualist. Well, yeah, but, because the but, thing is but that most people would hear what you're saying and say, oh, it's just a conspiracy theory. But I'm not talking to those people. I don't care about them anymore. No, I'm just saying that's that's the that's the overriding but this thought get, pattern. But this also gets back to what's Facebook and Twitter being used for. It is being used as a tool to make people conform. Mm-hmm. If you're not interested in the latest iPhone release, or if you're not interested in the latest distraction, or if you don't care about, you know, what they're telling you that you need to be, you are ostracized by the rest of the group think right. on, on the internet. You're not allowed to think. And this is not what the internet was originally supposed to be for. And the thing is, is that what we're doing on the metaphysical connection and what we're doing on the Fedora Chronicles is that we're not submitting to the authority of the giant group think out there on Facebook. We're not, we're not talking about, things that we're, we're only allowed to talk about. Mm-hmm. We're talking about things that are a little disturbing sometimes. Right. Right. Yeah, and that's what people have to do. They have to, they have to create an honest dialogue with themselves. You know, and yeah. say, this, is this, you know, I'm not a, I'm, I'm a low-tech person. Um, you know, I barely use my cell phone. I use it when, yeah. I, when I need to. I don't check it when I'm waiting at a restaurant and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> A lot of people do. Yeah. Know? And and you're become I mean, we're becoming slaves to technology. We right. really are. You know. I don't know what people would do if they couldn't use what would some people do if they couldn't use their cell phone? Oh, they'd the grid went they, down. they'd they'd freak out. Look at what happened in two thousand eight 
when we had that horrible ice storm here in the Northeast and how people started to go crazy. Mm-hmm. There were reports of some people breaking into their neighbor's house, scavenging. And then you have other people saying, well, that didn't happen. Well, yeah, it did happen. It actually did. I mean, there are, I mean, for me, there's anecdotal evidence people have come out and said this actually happened. Well, I think there's a fine line between um, civility and desperation. Yeah, it's called it's it's 24 hours. We we are within some kind of a, 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 a social collapse that's based on when was the last time we were able to turn the switch. What's separating us from total chaos mm-hmm. is 40, not much. Not much. 48 or 72 hours without electricity. Yeah. See, what go, see what happens when people go without electricity for 72 hours. I know, it gets, it gets, gets dicey. It gets weird. Yeah, it does. And, and so are we really setting ourselves up for this, um, the overtake, being overtaken by, by technology and, and by technology really ruling our lives? Well, on the no, one hand, at some point, I think we're there already. Really. Well, on the one hand, you kind of like, oh, thank God, there's all this stuff to pacify all these people and keep people from distracted well, yeah. from what's going yeah. on. Because yeah. it's like we lose electricity for seventy-two hours, people get really weird and they get hanky. Yeah, things get really bad. Things get out of hand. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that on the other extreme, it's like it's this slow brain death. Whereas people are allowing... Well, even more insidious than brain death is the fact that we're losing control. We're losing, that's, we're losing control of our freedom. Yeah, that's pretty much what I meant by yeah. like the brain death. Whereas... But, but at some point, everybody's going to wake up and say, whoa, how'd that, where'd that come from? Right. You know, how'd that get there? You know, and it's there. We it, allowed it. But it, you know, it We allowed exi- it to get in the door. It exists for two or three very powerful reasons pacify the masses Mm -hmm. keep everybody docile keep everybody distracted surveillance and control Mm -hmm. are the other two surveillance and control we want to watch these people and see if whether or not we could prevent the next september 11th but it but it comes dressed in the form of convenience you know they say somebody's going to say well let's put a smart device on your thermostat that's it, a great it, idea. It'll, it'll it'll control your whole house. You That's, know, you won't even have to think about it. Sure. But what it's really doing is monitoring your energy consumption. It sure is. You know, so there you go. So what looks like convenience in reality is is a lot more insidious. Than yeah. That. You know, it's it's monitoring what your energy use is. Yeah. You know. Who's, so where do you go with that? Well, who's to say that with all these smart meters that you have, whether you want them or not? Because we have one now, who's to say that a truck isn't going to like just drive by and just turn off people's houses, you know, as they're driving down the street because, you know, the government just wants to shut people's houses down for whatever reason. It sounds like a crazy conspiracy theory, and I know it, it sounds crazy, but the thing is, is that you have these smart thermostats, you have these smart um, smartphones, you have the smart meters. Did I already say smart fridges? Everything is getting everything's getting connected to the internet, Mm -hmm. so you can control it when you're away at home. What does smart stand for? Is that that's an acronym for something? Maybe I don't know. I think it is. I have to look that up. Maybe you can put that on the show or something. I meant to look that up and I forgot. I think I think it's an acronym for some stands for something other than 
and, and maybe it's a misnomer. Maybe it's not really smart. It's to make you dumb. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. You know it's certainly not um, totally um, without some kind of ramifications yeah. from, from having it. You know, it's not innocuous, yeah. as it would seem to be. Yeah. Or at least it's, it's being sold as something that's the next step toward yeah. progression, you know, toward scientific development or whatever. But what's the technological pro- development? But the thing is, is that is is there a reason why whoever they are, the oligarchs, or the mm-hmm. corporate heads, or all like that, whoever is in charge of the country, the deep state, why why would they want to have all this control? Are they just going to turn everything off someday and 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 just let the system collapse and there's a massive die off and then they just well, have robots uh, some, clean up after? Some people it? would would say that that's worth you know that the the end game is to reduce the. The human population, but at some so, point, because so it's, it's th- more manageable. But I mean, I mean, you could also make the argument: is that not a bad thing? I mean, you could say: I mean, we are taxing the planet to to the breaking point. I mean, we're using up all these fossil fuels. We're using up all of these. We're creating all this material, all this plastic waste that we don't know what to do with. I mean, but that can be controlled. I mean, we're 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 choosing to not. Um, take control of that. Sure, um, we're we're pretty close to the edge, I think, on on carbon emissions and that. You know, we may be right at the tipping point of the environment. If we haven't being, reached it already, if we haven't reached it already, being almost unsalvageable. Yeah, you know, and maybe there's a plan in place for you know the oligarchs to to leave the planet and go you know colonize it somewhere else. You know, yeah. leave it sort of leave it behind. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Leave it to us. Yeah. To, so I think the the question remains now is that what can we do to stop this? What can we do to say, no, nah, nah, we're not interested in this anymore. What can we do to just stop the hostile takeover of the deep state and technocracy from ruining our lives? That's a, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't have an answer to it. I mean, you have to, I think, regulate your usage of technology and some, you know, not stick your head in and and just think that all technology is wonderful yeah you know and you know i i don't know some people are really ingrained in in i mean facebook is they they sort of like spend hours on facebook you yeah know? And, and facebook's okay you know i go on there occasionally and see what's going on but i don't spend it's not what the internet was amount built of time for, on there you know there's plenty of other stuff to do it's not what the internet was built for and the thing is that it was just You'd like much better off going and taking a walk somewhere, you know, but enjoying, who want, enjoying the trees while they're who, still alive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that it, it was. I, I think that it, there needs to be a conscious effort. That it's like create your own content, create your own whatever. And it was just like it's innocuous, and I, I, I know it's hard to get rid of. I mean, I have a hard time doing it. Yeah, well, you're a techno, you're a tech, yeah. tech person. Yeah. You enjoy technology. I, re- I really, I really like being able to use it for getting my message out, you know. But right. that's it. That should be the end all and be all. But it's not. It's becoming. I mean, Jesus. We have virtual reality and we have social media, and you know, more people get their news from the internet than they do from the television now. I mean, I don't know. It's. I think it's. I think that there's there's something coming down the pike, and it's it's not. Well, then you think about what what Russia did to you know to get into our elect, election process. You know they created 
sort of I don't want to say fake news, but they you know because that's a Trumpism. But yeah, you know they created stories about different things on the you know they created Facebook pages. Yeah, about people that they made up. Right, basically the whole which pizza game hard thing. to do. The whole Pizzagate thing. Yeah, and and people believe it because it's on Facebook. Well, it's sensational. You want to believe it. Right. It plays into what you're already thinking, you know. And they were very shrewd at doing that, apparently. And it did impact the election to some, in some sense. Um, Which is not okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's not okay for a foreign power to impact our election. That's just... That's just wrong. I think the the last thing that I'm going to link to on our show page Mm -hmm. is... um, Pizzagate, Anatomy of a Fake News Scandal. Um, and there were actually, I think that there was, I'm trying to remember, was it, it was an NPR, could it have been one of the weekend shows, not This American Life, but another Pizzagate um, uh, story about how the fake news scandal and all like that. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, is that I think that the whole Pizzagate thing and the whole scandal, the fake news scandal around that was a test bed. Sort towards how can how can we make up a story, make up a controversy, get people all wrapped up into it to sway voters? Mm-hmm. And how much of all of these? Um, and how many people actually believe that? I mean, a lot of people do. Really, I I heard it. I was like, really, that's just absurd. Sounds like it's it, it's, it's absurd. Sounds like something from the National Enquirer that they would make up. You know? Yeah, I mean. But there are, but, get, but there, actually, but, but they uh, people wanted to believe that. He, from from here's what I here, here's the thing that is very innocuous. There are aspects of Pizzagate that was just so far, just off the top, just bad, ridiculous, just crazy. Yeah. But there are other aspects of it that is actually true. Whereas the Clintons were driving around and they were traveling to these weird places. They do belong to these weird groups. There are, and that, th- and that may be, but again, you take a, you take a shred, one shred of truth right. and pack a whole bunch of stuff around that. Right. Um, that's what people do. What? You know, they, they make, they make one shred of truth into a larger story. That's, you know, absurd. What the Clintons did during the 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 primary the dnc primary is far more interesting and real than this whole pizzagate make-believe nonsense more people were focused on this make-believe stuff well that's what people want to read apparently or, or think about that's that's what they want to hear yeah it's crazy stuff like that's why people buy the national Enquirer. you know uh, anybody that's got a brain knows that that stuff's made up what it's ridiculous it's what <laughs> i know eric i know you you, you read that re- religiously but. it's not real <laughs> news i mean there's a local newspaper here and we're not going to mention that but it is it's the local version of the national Enquirer. Yeah. they mm. do not do an adequate job of reporting the news people well, pass it off as the news just surface stuff you know I mean, it doesn't really have any import there's no depth yeah so yeah i don't know so getting back to our topic of the day what um what do our listeners think about this whole idea? You know, are, are we becoming slaves of technology, and is that going to be the new wave of, of government? Is that what's is that the system that's going to come into to play? You know, if, if you listen to Orwell and yeah, and all the Huxley, uh, you know, they were kind of saying you, you got to watch out for that. You know, I'm going I'm going to make a prediction, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to live long enough to see this thing through, but I say that within 
Um, I say within the next 75 years, we are the, the President of the United States and Congress and the Senate and the Supreme Court is going to be re, just replaced by supercomputers. Well, uh, Patrick Wood makes the case that the, the Supreme Court is going to be the ruling body. Uh, uh, and that and every all the technologies uh, technocracy is going to be kind of funneled through the Supreme Court. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, don't know. he'd be a great guest if we can get him. We should he's, try and get he's, him. He's he's really about disseminating yeah. this information to people. That's what yeah. his mission is. Yeah, um, he's got some ideas that I don't quite agree with, but um, he he does make the point that as we talked about earlier, that religion is is um and he's a, i mean he's a pretty hardcore christian i think and he's making the point that religion is breaking down and, oh yes and that is being replaced by by technology yeah. as a, as the new god yeah you know that people are sort of worshiping yeah i guess you could say how many how many how many twitter followers you have is the value of your <laughs> value of, of your, your soul of your ministry <laughs> yeah it is your ministry is. is now on twitter yeah. And it is, and and the but the good news is that people's horrible behavior is also being outed using social media. Well, it's the whole thing, you know, and and maybe is that part of the whole plan? You know, all of that stuff now coming out is that some way of sort of breaking down the the social order? Yeah. You know? uh, oh, you don't want to play. You don't want to play ball with us. Oh, here you go. Here's some compromising photos of you with a with a middle age with a teenage runaway. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that's that's an age old game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the mafia and CIA have been playing that game for a long time. Yeah, can't, can't com- but you can't compromise somebody that doesn't want to be compromised. It's hard to get photos on somebody if they don't do something. I mean, you could maybe not Photoshop. anymore. Well, now we got Photoshop. Yeah, but you can figure that out, Eric. You yeah, I'm telling you, it's getting been, better. You it's, can tell when something's been photoshopped. I'm telling you, if you if you if you have somebody who really knows how to do their Photoshop. You know, like yeah, but I a said, a lot of these people you don't have to Photoshop it. They they have the real pictures. Yeah, we got pictures. Yeah, you know, because they were willing to do what they did. Yeah, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe the whole fabric of of all the things that we look at as role models and things like that is beginning to break down, including politicians and entertainers and you know some some of the stuff that some of these people have done. Is just outrageous. Yeah, you know, Louis C.K. Louis C.K. Yeah, is I mean, another really, point. really, seriously. I never thought he was funny anyway, but I never that's understood neither, him. Neither here. Nor I never there. understood him. But a lot of people apparently think he was, or is, yeah, whatever. But um, you know, it, it's really all about somebody with power using that power to um, put somebody less powerful yeah. in, a, in a compromising position. Sure. And in some cases, it's, it it takes it takes the avenue of sex. Yeah. But I don't think sex is necessarily all that it's about. It's you know you look at some of these people like Harvey Weinstein. If he wasn't a powerful guy, he wouldn't be getting a whole lot of women. You know? No, absolutely not. I mean, he's just not. not a very attractive person. No. You know? So if he didn't have millions and millions of dollars, and and it's even not even money, it's power. So he could say yeah. to an actress like, well, you know, if you want to be a famous actress, you know, here, humma, humma, here, humma. here you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. That's what it's really about, yeah. and that's despicable. That's that's it, the worst. It really is. That's the worst thing you can. And the worst thing is, have. is that you can't help but wonder, Jesus, if I was in a position of power, you can't help but wonder because it's just there's something about it where it's just like, 
how could you devolve so fast like that? And then well, it says something really bad about you. About yeah, you, about your um, about your development. You know. Yeah. How do you become something like that? I don't know. Something's missing. Yeah. Some some stage of development didn't didn't take place. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd like to hear from our listeners. Yes, let's get on Facebook yeah. and, or, or, and share or, or, with or, us. <laughs> or are we giving too much power to technology? You know are what? We, here's are we a great allowing idea. it to take over. Yeah, here's a great idea. Um, let's avoid Facebook this time. Um, send us an e- inf- uh, uh, an email at info at the and we'll we'll read your letter. Well, I I, I think. Contacting us through Facebook is a, is an okay use of Facebook. Okay, personally, I, I you know just don't tell us what you had for lunch. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care what you had for lunch. Exactly. I hope you enjoyed it, but I don't really care. What you, it you know, it doesn't had, it doesn't mean that if you had pickled uh, yeah. herring or something. Okay, so Walt, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. We're gonna okay. we're gonna bring an end, and I, I got to take photographs of my new puppy and put him on put him on social media. I just thought of the exact Warren Zevon one that I was searching for. Yep. So if California falls into the oceans like the mystics and statistics say it will, I'll still be stuck in this cheap motel. <laughs> Great way to leave it, Walt. Yeah. This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them. Yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on. 